Hi, Tom Young here. This is episode number seven. It's been a few days since I was in here, but I had to get back in here today. Apologize for not being back sooner. But I really want to talk today about something in the 80s and 90s and that that changed how things work. And it's another example of how the politicians in making decisions in Washington affect really all of us in, in many, many ways. If we go back to the Reagan years in the 80s, and we know that in 1986-1987, the DEFRA and the TEFRA laws came into being. And the biggest thing that happened along that time was the savings and loans ended up being collapsed. And that was because the FSLIC insurance, which was their share of the insurance, uh, went bankrupt because the government changed the rules and caused everybody to turn in their mortgages. Now, here's what happened. In the negotiations with Reagan over what was going to happen in the tax code, they decided to change the depreciation schedules on commercial real estate. Now, commercial real estate was always and still is a good investment, but you have to be careful when you buy it because of what it's appraised at. Let's say that you and I, as a story, you and I buy a million-dollar building that generates income. We each put up $50,000 to buy this building, so we end up with a $900,000 mortgage. And managing the property, we know we can raise the rents, we know we can remodel and charge more for rents, etc. Over a period of time, it should work out pretty good. However, the government steps in and decides to change the depreciation schedules. They went from a 19-year depreciation schedule to a 39-year depreciation schedule. So figure it out, folks. If you could deduct each year one-nineteenth of your building, versus 139th of your building, you got a bigger tax rate off. Well, commercial property, the value of it is determined somewhat by the tax deductions that are accrued in owning the building, the depreciation, etc. So here's what happened. That building that we bought was appraised at a million dollars. The depreciation schedule changed, and then all of a sudden our building was only worth $750,000. Well, you and I have now lost not only the $50,000 each, but another $150,000 in value. So you and I have a private meeting and we make a decision that we're gonna take the keys of the building and the title of the building and go down to the savings and loans that are holding the mortgage. We're just gonna turn it over to them. And in that process, there was so much of this happened, the federal government had to actually create what was known as the Resolution Trust. Resolution Trust took in all these commercial properties and they were going to rehab them and sell them again and, and try to get out from under this thing. But, but here was the deal, folks. That collapsed the savings and loans. Now, savings and loans don't exist anymore. A lot of them became savings banks. So they're now under the FDIC. Now, coming forward a couple more years, realizing that deregulation started back in the 70s for banks and savings and loans. So banks were doing the same kind of business, which meant they were just on the same railroad track going down the tracks. And about 1990, 1991, there were three major banks in America that were going to be taken over by the federal government. And if all three of these banks would have went down, then the FDIC insurance would have been collapsed. Bang, we would have had another huge, huge problem. So a guy named Alan Greenspan come on the scene and his job was to fix the problem. So if you and I went into the bank in 1991, said, Mr. Banker, I want to borrow some money. And the banker would say, well, we're going to charge a 15% interest. And you say, no, well, I'd rather, I want to buy a CD. What are you paying on CD? So the bank is paying 6% on a CD. So now you got a 6% spread. The bank pays 9% to get your money, they loan it out at 15, they make a 6% gross profit over 9, 66 and two thirds. 
Well, 18 months later, the interest rates change. Bank says, well, you're going to love us now. We'll loan you money at 9%. However, the CD is only paying three. So there was still a 6% spread, but six over three is a 200% gross profit margin for the banks. So this was one of the ways that Greenspan saved the banking industry. In fact, in 1993, I remember and still have the newspaper articles where the newspaper headline was, most profitable year in the history of banking. So as you can see and understand, all of these things that the government does to try to fix the problems that are out there, they simply continue to create boom and bust cycles. Now, we're going to take this a little bit further on our next blog. We're going to talk about mortgages and the credit default swaps and the things that happen beyond that. But uh, signing off, this is Tom Young. God bless. We'll see you in Episode 7. Bye. Hi, Tom Young here. It's it's another day, another blog, and boy, I, I'm excited. Uh, the stuff that I've been hearing today on the news, all about the economy, how great it is, and everything else. Don't get me wrong, the economy is great. But you know what? The stuff that they're feeding us and the stuff that they're telling you is not always the truth. It makes it look good, and it makes everybody else look good in business. But you know, I'm for you. Uh, My purpose is to help you end up with the most you can have. Because see, in retirement planning and typical planning, they sit and say, okay, here you are today at 40, 45 years old, and you're going to retire at age 65 or 67 or 70. And and here's a question for you. I need to know exactly how much money you're going to need next month. If you retire today, next month, exactly how much money do you need to be able to live your lifestyle in your retirement? And I believe that is an impossible question to answer, but yet that's what typical financial planning asks you. I'm here and I'm talking about opportunity to change the way you think. You know, the way we think is so fed by advertising and marketing. Everything we see, everything we read, we hear is all a plan. You know, there is a story, there is a hook, there's a story, there's an offer in every advertisement that is that comes across your eyes, your ears, or however you hear these things, see these things, and participate in them. It's really what advertising and marketing does. So I want to challenge you. I started last night with a blog talking about life insurance. And, and let me ask you a question. If you, could have, if you could own life insurance that was guaranteed to pay when you died, and, and it had cash value along the way that you would have access to, it would eliminate completely your borrowing at the bank and you would own all of your own debt and you could have it for no additional out of cost, out of pocket. Here's my question, how much would you want? No, that's a deep question. And, and that's the kind of questions I wanna ask you. In other words, why do you think the way you do? You know, everybody has these thoughts in their mind about finance and economics and how to save money. Let me ask you a question. Do you think taxes in the future are going to be higher, the same, or lower than they are today? There's a question for you. Almost everybody that I talk to gives me an answer that taxes are going to be higher. Okay. What does that mean? Well, if you're putting money in a 401k IRA or any of those kind of plans, now you're getting a match. I'm okay with that. But people are maximizing those accounts. They're putting more money in than they're getting a match for. So what you're telling me is you're planning on paying more tax on the money than if you took it today and paid it today. 
Isn't that what you're saying? Well, there's a question for you. I want you to think deeply about the questions I'm asking because I'm going to continue to ask them. You know, if I had $10,000 in the bank and people come to me and they're blah, 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 I'm only making 1% interest on my money. I say, okay, let's step back and look at everything that's going on in your financial life. And I look at your auto insurance and why do you have such low deductibles on your collision coverage on your car? Let's raise the deductibles because the $10,000 you have in the bank gives you permission to do that. So now you save $200 a year on your premiums on your car insurance because you have $10,000 in the bank. It gives you the permission to have higher deductibles. So now you're at $300 a year on your $10,000. Isn't that 3% interest? Didn't you just raise your savings macroeconomically from 1% rate of return to 3% rate of return? What if we look at your homeowner's insurance and we find another $200 over there? Now we've raised your rate of return on your $10,000 to 5% interest. And I'm just getting started. There are so, so many ways to make money and save money. People aren't thinking correctly because it's the way you've been told to think. You don't know how to think. You have been told what to think. I'm a product of that same thing. And when I went through the bad time in my life 30 years ago, that was what I had to start doing. I had to learn how to think differently. I tell people you should be able to save 20 to 25% of your gross annual income. They say, well, how can I do that? I say, well, it's easy. Total up all your debt payments, your car payment, your credit card payments, your mortgage payment, all of those payments that you're making because you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're out of whack. You know, you're, you're stuck. And, and you need to find a way, and that's what I'm talking about, find a way to change the game plan. Go to www.cfo-project.com and start the process. Learn how to change your future and change your life. Hey, Tom Young out. I'll talk to you soon again. Bye-bye.